Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech, we'll continue what we are learning in the Holy Letters, in Rebalatanya, letter number 12. What the she is, L'schus Rufu Shalema Fahinda Bastabarachot. What we are learning, this whole concept of mere activity that brings peace, mere activity of charity that brings peace in the world, and then there's an activity that's infused with soul and body, with intelligence and feeling, where there's a tremendous unity between giver and receiver. To the point that it blurs the boundaries, that the body, which is a separate sense of self, the body fosters and generates a unity that is never-ending and everlasting. And we are going deep into this idea to see in its panoramic view, this whole idea of Misa, the activity, and then the activity being filled with a tremendous light, a tremendous wakefulness, a sense of intelligence and emotions, knowledge and feeling. In a way, we are persons pushing to the limit. And we are going in to understand this concept. We're explaining that there's two parts in a person. There's his chesed, which is kindness, his love. And then there's his gvura. And we, oh, we say that a person's energies in his body makes up the right side and the left side. And the reason, Kabbalistically, the reason this is so esoteric, it's so hard to hold on to this, is because in Hasidic philosophy, there's something called Seder Hishtalshalus. There is levels upon levels upon levels. In all of the worlds, in all of the multiverse, in all of the, in all of the heavens, there's so many different levels. What explains the Holy Balatanya, those levels begin with me and you. You look at a person and you think that he's just man or woman. But in fact, you're made up of so many levels. Like we showed about the face, that the face is made up of 10 levels. The face has the intelligence which is deep in the brain, which is covered up. Which is the intelligence of the whole entire body. 
the intelligence of all the organs, the intelligence that's doing billions of functions at once, uniting all of the atoms and veins and blood cells and organs and the 12, 13 systems of the body. Tremendous intelligence that starts in the top of the brain that's covered up. And then there's the eyes, which is the beginning of man, the small face, Zayir Ampin, the small face, which is the right eye and the left eye, and the nose, which is the heart of man, the heart of the intelligence, the emotional intelligence, where everything I'm seeing, I'm interpreting all the time. I'm interpreting it based on my right eye, my left eye, and my nose, which this is the heart of man. We think that the heart, the level of the heart, give me your love, give me your feeling. But in fact, love starts in intelligence because every level has many levels. That is the word, save the Rishtashalas. Look at your own complexity in the mirror. Understand the Kabbalists, they spoke in such high heavens. And they spoke about these levels in infinity, levels in godliness, levels that me and you can't understand. Came to Balatanya and he says, you don't have to go to these heavens. You don't have to go to these levels. You have to look in the mirror. From my own body, I will grasp God. And we, and he says, you think that a person's heart starts in his heart. But what directly controls the heart? The eye sees and the heart Lusts, yearns for. Because the eye and the eyes in the person's brain, not the mental eye, not the visual eye, not the psychological eye, not the spiritual eye, not the chokhmah, not the intelligent eye, not the mind's eye, but the actual physical eye. The eyes are the heart. But not the heart. They are the heart of intelligence. They are the speaking man's heart. Your speaker, your intelligent, your medabit is your brain, your face, your chachma. Your whole entire face represents man. It represents your intelligence. So there is something called midois shebechabad. There is emotions, emotional intelligence. There is intelligence. And when you talk about intelligence, you talk about Chachman bin Adas, you talk about general intelligence. But this intelligence, it also has its own heart. Because how will a heart be created later on? You understand? Each level contains multiple levels. So your heart, your actual physical heart, where your emotions are felt, over there you have intelligence of your emotions. So you see, each level contains the other one. In your brain is your intelligence, but you have emotional intelligence and those are your eyes and your nose. In your heart, you have your emotions, but then you have intelligence in your heart. And those are your hands, those are your lungs, those are the higher part of your heart, where your heart is going closer to your throat, going closer to your mouth. So there's emotional intelligence 
And there's intelligence of emotions. There's intelligence of my heart. And there's the heart of my intelligence. So there's the heart in my brain, which is my eyes and my nose. And then there's intelligence. There's the speaker. There's the intelligence in my heart, which is my ability to communicate with my hands, my ability to show my emotion, right? With our hands. What are these right and left hands? Are they my heart? They're outside of my heart. They're going, they're above, they're hovering above. They're near my lungs. My lungs is what gives the vitality to the blood. But where does that start? It starts in my nose. My nose gives the vitality to my heart, to my right side of my heart and my left side of my heart, which is my right eye and my left eye. My right eye is my giving eye and my left eye is my judgmental eye. But they all get the energy from the nose. They all get the energy, their life force. Both eyes can't function. And the nose makes peace between the eyes because it gives a vitality. The nose reminds you that that if and in the beginning of the day, you start, you take in a breath, and you wake up. God blew into you. That's the compassion. The compassion. The middle of your nose, the middle of your face, your emotional intelligence is your reminder, the core of who you are. Every breath that you take is a tremendous compassion from God on you, which makes you humble at the core which allows you to unite your right eye and your left eye, that your left eye won't be judgmental on another person, but be judgmental on yourself. And your right eye will be kind and give it to another person. And this comes from the nose, from the ability to breathe in, breathe in the energy that God gives you, the vitality that you have is not yours. It wasn't with the right eye and the left eye, you're looking outward all the time. You think you're better than, you think you're going to live forever. You have this iron of Alev Choymed. You have this idea that you want and want to conquer because the animalistic, the animal in man is the intelligence, the emotional intelligence, your eyes and your heart, your eyes and your nose is the beginning of the animal of man. But the knowledge, the sense of smell, the sense of life that never sinned in the Chetet Sadas, that wasn't part of the sinning, of the five senses that are experienced in the face because the compassion can never get corrupted because compassion by its definition means I'm suffering with, but not means I'm suffering with you because I'm suffering with you, but I'm suffering with you because I first realized that what a compassion it is on my own soul. That God and his compassion gave me a brand new life this morning. And when I understand that, when I breathe my first breath, when I'm in touch with my breathing, all of meditation is to be in touch with your breath, all of anger and all of judgment and all of corruption. It's because there's no meditation, there's no synchronization between my intelligence and my emotions, my mind and my heart, because there's no proper breathing. Breathing is the recognition that it's a tremendous compassion on my soul that I'm alive right now. Every moment. A tremendous compassion that doesn't start with the heart taking blood from the lungs, taking oxygen from the lungs. It doesn't start that pumping process from the right side and the left side. One is the giver, one is the receiver, one is the receiver, one is the giver. That starts from the lungs, that starts from the nose, that starts from breath, that starts from the miracle of life, which is incomprehensible, which you get every morning brand new. This is a tremendous idea to understand the core of who we are. The emotional intelligence and the intelligence of the emotions. 
the emotions, the heart of my brain and the brain of my heart. Levels upon levels. This is what it means in Kabbalah when it says, say the Rishalshalos. You want to go to the heavens? Stay right here and look at yourself in the mirror. You're a very complex being with tremendous amount of systems. But you need to understand the system of compassion. You need to understand the system of these energies that make us up who we are in order to understand the purpose of life. You need to look deep within inside you. You need to look at yourself. You see a wholesome person. And then you wonder where all the fragmentation comes from. And that's why you need to understand that what you're looking at is not what you think. When you look in the mirror, your right side of your eye, your right eye is the giving eye. And the left eye is the judgmental eye. Because we're made up of right and left. And the middle is what's going to unite them both together. This is why it's extremely important to understand this. That it, we're made up of so many levels. Every level has right, left, and middle. Every level has a brain, a heart, and a whole body that will hold it. Every level, there isn't one level in your system that doesn't have this. And we could spend months discussing it. So for example, your brain is your top, so it's on the right. And your heart is on the left because it's lower down. So if we were to move them side by side, not up and down. Right now, your brain is above your heart. But if we say right is above the left, so if we move them side to side, your brain would be on the right side and your heart would be on the left side. And in that space, your masculine side would be your brain and your feminine side, you, whether you're a man or woman, would be your heart. So now we have brain and heart, right and left, side by side. What makes peace between them? The oxygen, the neshama, the breath, God. How will the mind rule the body? How will the mind rule the heart? How will the intelligence, how will the intelligence and the heart, how will they see eye to eye? Only if they remember that purpose. How will I transcend my anxieties? How will I transcend my judgments, my angers, my corruption, my lusts? Only if I remember my purpose, if I unite mind and heart. And this is a tremendous, tremendous meditation to understand this. The whole entire Tanya is built on this idea of compassion. A compassion starts with me. Compassion on my own soul. That I shouldn't squander my life. To be judgmental on another person. That I shouldn't squander my life. Because right and left are in contradiction. Mind and heart in contradiction. Giving and receiving are in contradiction. Soul and body in contradiction. All of the time, there's tremendous contradiction between right and left, even though you don't see it. But your whole life is one big contradiction because fire and water don't go together, but they do in man. And how does fire and water go together in man? Only because we have to get to a place, the core of who I am can make peace between fire and water. The core of who I am can make peace between positive and negative, between male and female, between giving and receiving, between intelligence and feeling, between body and soul. And this is the point that he wants to explain. That at the core, compassion, the left side is intimate. 
The left side is quality. And the right side is superficial. It's hovering. And you need both of an experience in order to live life. You can't live life superficially. You can't live life like a man, masculinity. Just superficially live life. You need to be brought down intimately into the details. But if you have the details, you will miss everything else out. Right? If you just focus on one organ in your body, what do you have? What is your soul? Is your soul your ability to write? Is your soul ability to comprehend? Is your soul ability to feel? Is your soul ability to touch, to taste, to see, to think, to comprehend, to shudder? What is your soul? You understand? The soul on its own is incomprehensible. Look, just like a child who's brand new born. But as the child grows into himself, he's able to see and then see deeper and then see better and see larger and then see with comprehension. And there's so many different things in our complex consciousness. We're able to breathe and we're able to feel and we're able to do talented things. And what are they? Or what are we? Are we, are we each one of those? If my whole life's devoted to art, to history, I'm an artist. If my whole life's devoted to music, am I just music? Is my ability to sing my whole life? Is my ability to think my whole life? Whatever talent I have, is that everything? If I have a talent of speaking or if I have a talent of teaching or giving or feeling, is that everything in life? Is that how we define life? So how do we resolve this paradox? You understand the soul on one end is incomprehensible. It means nothing. The child's life is the soul. But does anybody want their child to remain a child? Two weeks old for the rest of their life. But then they grow up and all the organs become developed. Now where's the child? Where is the soul? You understand the problem with the soul and the body? It's two different worlds. Body means gvura. Gvura means the strength to develop each and every level on its own. And that's where fragmentation starts. Fragmentation starts because gvura means organs. It means details. It means to narrow down. It means to stifle. It means to be mitzantzim. Gvura means to make so many little organs. And each one has its own world. That's why gvura is the feminine. Gvura doesn't mean what we think it means. Gvura means the ability to narrow down, the ability to hold, hold my soul in each organ, to hold a different part of my soul. My eyes will hold the seeing ability of my soul. And my brain will hold the intelligence and my heart will hold the feeling of my soul. And it's all my soul. And my hands will hold the writing ability of my soul. My feet, the walking ability. And my procreation activity and my womb to create life. And my giving activity, every type of activity, my soul will come out in my organs. So my organs is the ability to make it real, to make those things real. And so it's so easy to get up with Gvura because Gvura narrows down. It gives things the life on its own. It gives its eyes its own vision. Gvura gives you, where do you get your, your, your eyes? Your eye is your, 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 your sight, your vision. Vision is the birth of your eye, which is your feminine, your Gvura, your Gvura of your eye, making peace with the soul that's coming into your eye. And then vision is born. But who's more important than that function? It's clear that your eye, your physical eye, which is the gvura, which is your left side. Because if without an eye, 
Seeing is just another energy of your soul. Just like a child. Could a child even see when they're born? And this is a tremendous idea, tremendous observation to realize this. And the goal of compassion is to make peace between all of these things. That every one of my organs should be primary. That every one of my soul should be coming real through all my organs. And my organs should realize that they're nothing without the soul. And to unleash a core, a compassionate energy, a chemla rabba, a deep rusadaliba, deep core of my consciousness, where all my, my intelligence, my heart and my brain, everything make peace. And how could I unleash such a miracle? And that is the paradox of this world. We're 50 million Jewish people. We all make up this woman of God. So many different organs, so many different things. And how can we unleash a core that's so compassionate that every organ believes that the other organ's the purpose and every organ is living for the other person? That is a unity which each organ adopts and is yoidish and becomes the other organ. You understand? Imagine your ear is able to see. But if your ear is so united with your eyes, did you ever imagine the savant energy? Did you ever imagine a person will create these tremendous geniuses that are able to do things that are unfathomable. Genius in singing, genius in, in painting, genius in music, where there's a unity between the organs. Now imagine a unity between all organs and man. You want to know what you're going to look like in the messianic era? Artificial intelligence is a candy, is a joke, compared to the unity of the Jewish nation. There'll be 15 million people, each organ the purpose. That is the paradox of Gvura. That Gvura makes separateness. Gvura makes the body. Gvura makes stifilization. Gvura makes the poor man. Gvura makes everything empty. No, but a Gvura allows everything to be. And if you realize compassion on your own soul, if you realize that the poor man's making you, everyone around you is making you, and you live with that, you are sure in the Messianic era, because that's the way we're going to live in the Messianic era. You think you're going to be giving? You're going to be getting far more than you're giving. And then you can give far more than you're getting. You think you could, if you're the eye of Judaism, you're the eye. You think you could survive without a heart? You think you could survive without the soul? You could survive without the, the intelligence? You can survive. But if you have the gift of every organ, if you're the ear, if you're the foot, the heel, like we are in the Igvus of the Mashiach, but you have every other energy in addition to being the heel, the movement and the transportation, and then seeing the life force of everything. Could you imagine that unity is the purpose of this world. That gvura should transcend gvura. That the body, all the organs should unleash a core of the soul, not 5%, but the deepest consciousness where there's such a unity between the organs. That's Adam al-Aliyan and much higher than Adam al-Aliyan, where we achieve, like the Lubavitcher ever said in Tavshin Lamed Aleph, that we achieve way beyond Adam al in the Messianic era, that we unite the energies, we fuse them in such a way that was never possible, not even before the creation of the world, where all the organs become so united that they remain separate, but they have become each other. They have adopted, they have tuned into the frequency of each other. They're so united where the eye and the finger could be so united that the finger could see and the eye can feel. Tremendous paradoxical idea. And we can see it now with tremendous empathic love between husband and wife, between father and child, between you and your person that you never even knew. 
The great rebels, they had love to another person. They sensed them. And they are so different. One was an eye. One was a toenail. But the unity, because I am no better than you, because I have whatever I have from God. And in that space, you can be the foot and I can be the brain. And I'm still getting from you far more than I'm giving you. And you have your significance because you feel everything that I have. And in that space, it doesn't matter who's the giver, who's the receiver, who's the foot and who's the eye. Because each one is as important in equilibrium. Because it's all compassion from God. And that is the unity that God wants in this world. That's the unity he wants us to usher in. And it's us through our Torah mitzvahs, through our struggle with the baseless hatred. Till we come to a baseless love. Avas and that is what the essence of what he's trying to share in this letter. To bring down on us. Like the Lubavitcher Rebbe said in 1971. That this, I'm going to say, this hard work that he's talking about, this obsessive nature, is to eliminate boundaries between organs. They will remain separate, but you will eliminate the boundaries where they will become so united. And that is the purpose of the rich man and the poor man, for the rich man to realize he's really the poor man, and the poor man to really realize he's the rich man. And that sense for them to unite, where the rich man can enjoy like the poor man enjoys, and the poor man can have the quantity like the rich man has. And ultimately, that will usher in the messianic era. And that is the most magical thing in the world, and to tap into this, to meditate on it, to feel this, to generate this compassion from God now, mm-hmm. where that allows you an intelligence and a feeling that is similar to the messianic era, and to experience that now, that is the greatest gift that the Balatanya gave us with this letter.